Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about all the newest things in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the giggling asshole, Josh. Josh. My name is Josh, and I am a giggling asshole. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, I, I'm giggling because I just I fought the urge so much when you said, hello, I was just, hey, <laughs> and I just... I just I'm, I just want to pat myself on the back for a minute and congratulate myself for not derailing the podcast and then by doing so I'm derailing the podcast continue yeah uh today we'll be talking about x-men number 19 x-force number 18 x-factor number eight and cable number nine but before we get to that we have some uh things to talk about in the x-men world we do we, we do. do we got we got some shit we got to talk about man some we big announcements happened this week. A continuation of the reign of X. We already have, there's like a whole graphic that Marvel put out. We already have like a timeline. Yeah. Uh, we have the Way of X coming out, I think, next week. I think Way of X coming out next week. I need to check on that because it, it wasn't, I thought I subscribed to it already and it wasn't listed as coming out. Hmm. So I'll check on that. Also, X Core number one, which. Yay, more new books. Uh, (laughs) In June, we will have the Hellfire Gala. Whatever that's going to be, we'll figure it out. I cannot wait. In July, we have a new number one, three new number ones. uh, X-Men number one by Gary Duggan. Now, you mentioned you you wish they weren't rebooting it so fast. If it weren't for the fact that every one of the x-men books is <laughs> like an, its own little side quest yeah i would be more upset but i i understand the need to do it because now we actually have a team of that's going to be a continuous thing yeah and this is yeah this is gonna be an actual x-men team yes the, yeah i understand the need for it it's just it feels a little bit like man, we're night we're in episode, issue 19 of x-men and we're already rebooting it yeah um, actually, I was wondering, like, I kind of wish now in, in retrospect that, like, all these other books we've been getting were all just called Giant Size X-Men, like, specials. Oh, that'd be cool. And this one yeah. made, like, X-Men number one a little more special. Or what if they, and maybe they will, because you'll notice there's, like, a little bit of space above that X. Um, I wonder if they're, like, keeping it, like, what if they go back to Uncanny? What if this is, like, Uncanny X-Men one, and they just they don't could. want they don't want to announce the uncanny part yet. They want to save that shit. Well, we have a different number one in August that's classified. It's classified. I've seen a lot of speculation on the Twitter about what what it spells based on like the tops of the letters. Yeah. What have you seen? Uh, I've seen a lot of people determine that it spells the trial. Hmm. Interesting. Which, which I, I can only assume means that it's going to be Leah Williams' take on Franz Kafka's classic uh exploration into the absurd so maybe uh probably not though and then we have another mystery x book written by hickman and and with a artist restricted yeah like who does it have to be to be restricted because like they already announced pepe laraz is going to be on x-men which is fucking amazing i cannot wait for a regular book he did um docs He was the artist. He was the artist who did um, House of X and and Powers of. Oh yeah, 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 nice. Okay, yeah. like he is. He is like quickly become. He also I forget. He did some X Men books, 
a couple years ago too he's quickly become to me like a definitive x-men artist nice. the way like back in the day like the way a john byrne was or or fucking um dave crockham so i don't know why but the moment it was restricted my mind said alex ross i've seen some people saying like art adams hmm. it's definitely it looks like it starts with an a yeah so my mind went Alex Ross, which would be amazing. A full book by Alex Ross. That would be fucking phenomenal. It's got to be somebody big. Yeah. If it's Hickman leaving the main X book, unless maybe this book would be the Uncanny X-Men book. Oh, shit. Maybe this is Uncanny X-Men. Yeah. Because the whole thing's being secretive, but it's a circle, meaning an X, most likely. So, Good yeah. Point. Good point. This reign of X, era of X-Men, will continue... I'm- I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll be losing cable. So that's one book that will be down. Yes. Um, I hope they end like maybe two more books. <laughs> that would be great. It, it but would then be Benjamin awesome. wouldn't have a book to write. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One of the books could be one of the ones we read to, for this week for sure. Or two. Um, Mainly. Yeah. One. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. I'd say one. I'm not ready to say about any of the others other than cable because it is going away. <laughs> It is sadly going away, yeah. Um, it, it's just weird because like at this point with all these books, I'm like, if we weren't doing this podcast, obviously, obviously we would not be reading all these fucking books. I think I would be because I'm like, I, I, like some of them I would probably give up on. Like the Wolverine one I would have given up on. The X, spoiler alert, X-Force I would have given up on. <laughs> um, can you hear that? No. There is like a PA system or something going on outside. Like there's like Is a DJ. starting in your area. I don't know. There's like a DJ going on outside. <laughs> hey, it's anyway. WrestleMania night tonight. All right. It's, it's WrestleMania, baby. What number are we at now? Is this 37? I think 30. Yeah. Yeah. There's 37. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, this yeah, is, we, so anyway. I don't think we ever talked about it, but we are both wrestling fans. So that's, that's a, a that is something that I don't know if we've mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. We're both big wrestling nerds. I've been to mania. You were supposed to be there and then I, got like Ebola or something. I was on my deathbed and could not go. <laughs> um, that was fun. That was a big fucking waste of money. <laughs> money and time. We've been to quite a few wrestling shows together though. Right. We have, we've been to a few, we've been to a, uh, NXT or two. We've been to a ring of honor. We, and AEW, yeah. We've and been we to went, all the big ones. Basically. We've been to a couple AEWs actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and no, you weren't. I've been at one TNA. You weren't with me, though. I didn't. No, I didn't go to that one. Yeah. I didn't. I don't even knew you yet, actually. No, <laughs> I guess not. No. The lockdown show. Yeah. 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 There yeah. you go, people. A little more insight in our personal life, I guess. So, so hit us up if you're a wrestling fan. Anyway. Um, also, some mutant related news um, for any of you toy collectors. They did just announce yesterday they will continue with more Age of Apocalypse figures. That's crazy. So next year, we're going to get some more. We had one wave last year, which I believe, based off pure memory, was um, Nate Gray, Jean Gray, Sunfire, Apocalypse, I think Logan. Child, and they all made, oh, and Wolverine. Yeah. And they all made uh, Sugar Man. That's what I, okay, I do remember that. I remember and Sugar Dark Man. Beast, Dark Beast also, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the first wave. I, I didn't get any because I thought, well, this is one wave. But now that it makes me wave, I kind of want to get the ones I didn't get. <laughs> I I have some of the old, not in their boxes because I was a fucking kid. Um, but I have some of the, the box from my adulthood. It's fine. 
that's a good point. Um, I have some of the OG Age of Apocalypse action figures they made, like when the thing was published. There's actually a omnibus coming out, I want to say in June, and a part of me wants to get it and then burn through it and then do a whole big episode, maybe like a first two-parter episode on it or something like that. Okay, so if we do this, I have no idea how much of this is taken in the podcast, by the way. If we do this, um, we have to make a decision. Do we do the main title? Do we do every fucking title and every offshoot? Let me look right now what's actually in the omnibus. Okay. But, uh, okay, so for the omnibus, there's actually two of them. One, oh. I guess, has all the important stories, like okay. tie-in stories. And then it has everything else. But, like, I'll send you the link right now. It looks like these are all the actually important things. Okay, let me see. I've never read Age of Apocalypse. So, like... I Wait, just, are you serious? Yeah, I've, I, I just kind of... It's, one of those, it's like a movie that you know everything about, but realize you've never seen it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I've read bits and pieces growing up. But, like, I've never sat down as an adult and read Age of Apocalypse. Dude, if you've never read it, we have to do this then. <laughs> I will gladly go back to Age of Apocalypse. It's been years since I've read it. Like I read it when it came out. Like I, I collect, like I have issues, like when they were being published. This was like the, this was my heyday of, this was like my middle school years. So I'm going to pre-order it right now and have it in my pre-order stack. And if I actually have the money, then mm-hmm. we'll be doing a big episode on that. How much is it? 125? Yeah. It's not that bad. For not busting that much, like, how many pages is this it's gotta be gigantic 1072 pages (laughs) jesus i have the original i think factor x um collection they made like after it was originally published and like it's like that old school 90s foil cover on like the graphic novel and everything it's pretty dope looking i'm excited we'll do a do an age of apocalypse or will we anyway um so yeah that's what we have going on right now in the figure world and they're also i don't know if you know about this they're putting out a giant like when i say giant basically to scale of the marvel legend figures a giant sentinel they have this thing called Haslab, which is like the marvel hasbro gofundme where people had to donate money to get this giant sentinel light up chest light up head it's about I can't remember exactly how tall it is, but tall enough to look the only a regular figure is up to its foot. So it's Jesus fucking crazy. I'll send you pictures when I find it later. And that's coming out real soon. I think by like the end of summer. That is so shitty though. Like people have to donate money for this giant corporation to do a thing that they're then gonna turn around and charge you a shit ton of money for. Well, I think the people who paid are guaranteed the figure. Like if you paid like I think 300 bucks. Oh, okay. It's like it's basically pre-ordering essentially. Okay. All right. Have right. enough people pre-order. That makes sense. Yeah, you have to have enough people pre-order to actually justify making. And it. if they don't, do they get their money back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It, it, it's like go. It's like a GoFundMe. They don't actually take the money until they reach their goal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's huge. There's a lot of accessories. They had like more tiers. Like if enough people pay, then we'll add lights. If enough people pay, we'll add this and shit like that. So that's crazy. It looks really fucking impressive. Yeah. And let me see it. And what? The actual box is ginormous, like fucking oh, shit. ridiculously huge. They just showed it off the other day. Anyway, let's get to some comic book news. Or a comic book, I should say, because I have news. Okay. Uh, comic book review. We're doing X-Men 19. Uh, all I'm going to say before we start your review is, I think Sync is going to need some fucking therapy. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So last we left our heroes, they were blowed up in uh, X-Men 18 while they were in the vault. The book opens with a graph. Uh, I, I don't really understand how it works, so I'm not going to really follow it anymore. No, I did not fully understand that graph. It's basically like a map into the center of the city, but it was because I don't know what the city looks like. It was very difficult to follow. Um, so the the story, as you alluded to, is being told from Singh's perspective in retrospect of his time with Wolverine and Darwin in the vault. And so... We find out that after the explosion, naturally, because of their abilities, they came back to life because Laura started healing herself. She then passed that on to Sink because he could was alive enough to absorb her powers. Darwin can just put himself back together, which is obvious, honestly probably where Sink got his regenerativeness from. Yeah. But they're all back together. They all are laughing because they literally just escaped death. And so... What the graphs end up telling us throughout is the different things that they learned while they're in the vault and, and the, the paths they took to do it. So, now, yes. Real quick. Do you think, because this is a, a good issue, but do you think this would be better? Instead of these graphs telling us what happened, we had a five-part arc? Yes. Us seeing it instead of yes. graphs telling us? Yes. Like, I, like, this would be more emotional mm -hmm. if you give me five issues a full trade of just this fucking awesome story yeah i i 100 like i they did not do this story justice um and it, it's kind of a bummer they this a lot I, i'm gonna critique john hickman here for doing the same thing i critique benjamin percy for doing which is putting really good plot into uh footnotes yeah it's, it's like dude this is a visual medium what are you doing like if you want if you want to do this go fucking pitch a book you know like this is like that's this is not the medium this is not prose this is comics yeah. some things you need to show like some things i understand doing prose for I, I get it i'm not adverse to it it's just so much story happens in these fucking data spills well why are we something like and then a century passed i'm like well i would love to see like that'd be a something great fucking issue yeah something of that would be cool so the story is basically the three of them spending, like you just said, <clears throat> in their, to what feels like them, a century of learning how the vault works. They learn that it, it has a, a, a secular um, approach that it generates life form in waves of two months, then dormant for a month or something like that, or weeks or something. And it has like this just ability to like, process all life and speed up through temporal fuckery how these things age and evolve and their goal as before is to evolve to a point that they inherit the earth that there is nothing that can compete with them and so when last they were out they were captured by orcus and and the people trying to keep up with the mutants and so the AI city has determined that we need another evolution. So like they are here for like three or four evolutions of these children of the vault and they're fighting them all along the way. And they're trying to like stay alive in this city that is, is alive and know and can see them and hunt them down. And it's like a survival story that we get told through data graphs and little bits of actual scene. And at some point, the city 
determines that in order for it to make the necessary evolutionary step it needs, it needs Darwin's powers. So Darwin is captured and the city uses his mutant power to speed up the evolution of, of the children of the vault. At some point, our, our boy Sink gets captured as well. Yeah, and this he, is what, to me when the story gets fucked up. <laughs> this story goes crazy. So like when Darwin gets captured, um, Wolverine gets taken away and, and Sink gets taken into jail. Sink, first of all, we got to talk about Sink is looking fucking good as he ages in the vault. His fucking like fins and shit. He what? They have like little fins going on and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like in Sink's like beard, like just like, like his beard, he's like muscular and his beard is like dark, but like gray in the middle. Like the design, his character design for living in the vault is really cool. So he frees Laura from her cell. He gets out from his and all this time together, we start to discover that he and Laura have basically fallen in love. Which makes sense. It's been hundreds of years. Yes. No, I, the I end get of this it. whole story. It's been over a century. Yes. So like <laughs> they are like more than in love, you know, like as he says multiple times, like she is a person who knows me better than anybody else because she's lived lifetimes with me. Like he's remembering like a story his father told him that you would love means you're willing to die for a person and and he's like no one really understands the concept of forever but i do now because i was living forever in this vault you know like and he had this deep fucking connection with laura and so and before the fucked up moment that I really liked where like they finally separate all three of them. So because of that, he didn't have any powers to take from. So he was aging normally. Yeah. There's that's what I was reference. like. That's where, what I, yeah. You get into that? That's what I was. That's what I was referencing. Like as he was graying. Yeah, like, yeah. Like his character design, I thought was really cool. And yes, because he didn't have Laura's healing factor to keep him going. Yeah. And I like the idea that he had to like dig under the city and realize the bubble didn't make it under the city. So mm-hmm. he could hide there for a week. And like you said, a century passed, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Like it, it's nuts, but yeah. So they, at some point discover that in order to escape the city, they're going to basically need to like sacrifice themselves to get yeah. through this like force beam, but have to trust that like, her healing factor will also work for him. And they burst through this thing to escape from like this fourth generation version of the children of the vault. Now I was confused by one part of this because when they were being captured at the very end, he said, but we don't have any powers. We have to make it up. Because I think that thing they just jumped through stripped them of everything and they weren't fully healed. Like they, they weren't to the part where she was healed. Yeah, like, I think that's what the force field. If I remember, it's been a couple days since I read it. Sorry, but if the the force field thing they jump through is what kind of strips them of their powers or like brings them down to like some different molecular level, and so she doesn't have her healing factors right now. She has her claws, obviously, because those were implanted in her. But 
Yeah. So she basically, in order to get him out, because he's escaping the vault at this point, in order to get out so that he can try his best to communicate with Xavier, she basically sacrifices herself to buy him more time. He gets out of the vault and he's calling out to Xavier to see if he can hear him. And right before he does, or right as he's doing it, he's killed by the rest of the children of the vault. And then we cut to now because that was him narrating what he went through. And he did. His Xavier heard him. They picked him up. They confirmed his death and Laura's death and Darwin's death. So they hatched him. Um, but he was probably the only one, based on what we can tell here, who backed up before he died into Cerebro. Yes. So he can remember everything they just went through he can remember living lifetimes (laughs) lifetimes with the person who he made this deep fucking connection to and even darwin too i'm sure but like especially laura he's made this incredibly deep almost symbiotic relationship with literally yeah and yeah literally not almost and she doesn't remember it best we can tell at this time but he does and yeah it's kind of kind of tragic in a way tragic and a big part of me goes there that other laura is not dead i don't think so either or darwin why do we think darwin's dead i don't i i'm not sure both of them shouldn't really be dead yeah because I mean, unless Laura truly did lose her powers, like I, I can't really recall what happened there. Um, but Darwin was still in the vault. Like, I, I don't think you could kill him. Like, his power is to prevent him from dying. Like, yeah, I don't really know how that works. But because when I was reading, I'm like, wait, did the blast that Darwin make evolve everyone and then strip mutant power? Like, I was a little, I was a little confused. When I was oh, maybe it. that is what happened. That's how I interpreted it as I was reading. Like his yeah, powers. yeah. Now that you, say, I'm sorry. Now that you say that, that is, I did forget. I did forget that it was Darwin that caused that explosion to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is what happened then. So they're saying the explosion killed him and then yes. advanced everyone and stripped the mutant powers, and that's like yes. the big like. Now we can beat the mutants. We are exactly. the yeah, moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I read it yesterday, so. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's been a couple of days since I read this one. My bad. Okay, but overall, a very good story. That could have been a fucking amazing story if it was given more space. Yeah, so it I, I a fantastic arc. It, yeah, I ended up giving it three X's just because it, it had more potential than it delivered on. Yeah, uh, I gave it three and a half X's. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, very just crazy ballsy storytelling, but like the emotional attachment would have been amazing if like. Mm. Issue two ended with realizing they're still there after a hundred years. Like that, issue three, they're separated. The tragedy that's felt at the end of this issue could have been like an incredible tearjerker. Yeah. Given even just one more issue. Yeah. It really could have been. And um, the implication though in the long run is once again, we have this other faction that could fuck up everything for the mutants right now. Yeah. Yeah. The children of the vault still out there. And they're uh, evolved to like the nth degree now. And we 
they weren't in they weren't part of the threats in the future stories in power of x well they are ai they are like kind of a version of ai though yeah okay that's true they do kind of fall under that umbrella so that was x-men number 19 next up we have number 18 so before we get into this one (laughs) oh boy all right so there's a storyline in this that's progressing from the last issue. And last issue, I said, I just don't want Kid Omega to become the same guy he was two issues ago. And they held true to that. He wasn't. He was more focused. He wasn't, you know, being a brat. And I like that. But I realized what I don't like about this entire series, which to me is the situations they're put in feel like a reason to write an issue. Mm-hmm. rather than the reason for the issue to exist yeah i hear and what you're saying when we basically just have kid omega freddy krueger attacking mutants and then that's kind of it yeah it, this I, is a this book is made even weaker by and, and i'm sorry i i hate doing this because i don't have any talent myself but the art in this book is awful um, the art didn't really bug me personally. I could not stand the way people's faces were drawn in this book. I mean, it worked when they were supposed to be monsters, but when they were not supposed to be monsters, it was kind of horrendous still. I think because this is kind of the same art we've been seeing. I just, I just didn't, I didn't really mind it. I don't love it, but I didn't mind it either. Um, so basically the book starts off with all the members of the X-Force in different situations, but then kind of having their worst fears put against them. And you have like this demonic figure in their head slash dreams. Dreams slash astral plane slash whatever you want to call it. Kind of, yeah. Um, is, attacking uh, Cassidy, attacking Sage, attacking Beast. I did like this moment on the moon with Wolverine and Gene. Because again, it's another moment of like, oh yeah, they all live together and fuck each other. Because yeah. like, Gene kisses Wolverine and then goes to bed with Cyclops, you know? Yeah. But speaking of like moments like that though, it, it did open with uh, Black Tom Cassidy having what appears to be a sex dream about Juggernaut, his longtime partner. So that was pretty interesting. <laughs> that is something. I mean, it's he's. <laughs> Did you ever read the Jug- Juggernaut number? No, one? I still haven't read it. No, I don't. I don't know if they ever confirmed. Like he's not a mutant still. No, yeah, I don't know if yeah it did was Black Tom in that book. I don't know yet, but yeah. it was pretty interesting that, to open a book with like, "No, Kane, stop tickling me with your big fingers." <laughs> oh God, uh, I he's still love that it. Blob is just a bartender. He's it's a great bartender, but I do going back to your art complaint. The art for him is really inconsistent because like the last panel of the bottom of the page he's in, he's really skinny. It's the fucking blob. Why is he so skinny in the bottom of the panel? I know. It's, it, I don't like this art. Yeah. Um, so after Jean has her moment, we have everyone trying to figure out what's going on and Kid Omega finds Beast. He had a fucking stroke, a self-induced stroke. This aspect of the story I did like. The idea that if the main members of X-Force are ever compromised, they rather die than mm-hmm. risk all their actual information getting out there. I yeah. do like that that Beast is so de- dedicated. And also, he knows he can be brought back. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I, the I, idea of that is really cool. Of like, yeah. I'd rather, you know, cyanide pill 
before I give you my information. Yeah, but how would he be willing to do that if he didn't have a comeback, comeback home card? You know what? For Beast, I'd say yes. Yeah, I think Beast would rather die than get away with any information. The bad guy getting away any information, but unless unless he's that bad guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then also when they use his mind to kind of go through <laughs> what happened, I, that's cool and everything. But him saying "kill me" and he's like, "Oh, we can't do that." Yeah, you can. Yeah, you actually can. Yeah, I didn't There's get that part at all. Yeah. A different part of the island, killing himself for fun. Yeah, I, I didn't get Quentin's bit like, "No, I want to be a good guy now, so I can't kill you." It's a, it's not a bad guy thing to do. You can he can come back, dummy. Like two issues ago was a whole comedic issue about how many times you've died. I know. So like that that was a little inconsistent, but. Now we have Kid Omega going like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to go into the astral plane and figure out what the fuck is going on. And essentially, oh yeah, this is another aspect I didn't like about it. When he when they're trying to figure out what happened and he realizes it's another version of him, he's like, it's me, isn't it? And it's like, why are you getting so emo about this? You know what it is. It's not you. It's an evil version of you, but it's not you. Like, because he is emo. Well, that's true. But also like, man, half the fucking mutants have dealt with evil clones of themselves. All I right. Know. Like we get over it. You're not that special. Yeah. So when he finds himself, he's also playing on his insecurities. And on the outside world, he's kind of like seizing, kind of. Yeah. In one of these cuckoo's arms. (laughs) Oh shit. Which one is he dating? Phoebe? It it didn't help that we have two books that have different ones. (laughs) Oh fuck. I can't remember which one he's dating. I think this is Phoebe. But I thought. Cable was dating Phoebe. No, that one's with an E. But yeah, okay, he is dating Phoebe. So he, uh, he, okay, so Cable must be with Esme. And also, they're hinting the fact that Sage's powers aren't working the right way. In that last little log. Yeah, it sounds like she's got, like, she's an alcoholic, is what she's describing. Is that what they're actually trying to say? It's. Well, I've lost count of the number of drinks I consume in any given evening. Like, it sounds to me like she drinks herself so much that she just can't even be who she is. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, again, that would be great if we saw other issues where drinking yeah. was affecting her, not just popped up in this issue. Yeah. I mean, the, the subject line is on drunkenness. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I gave this two X's. I gave it one. I did not like this book at fucking all. Much like the Wolverine book. Every, almost every book has, feels like it has a purpose. And when this book started, it's the Krakoa CIA. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Let's see what, what they got. And every situation they're in just feels forced or yeah. self-inflicted. Yeah. Which, I mean, like maybe it's a commentary on the CIA. I don't know. Don't don't give it to us. <laughs> this isn't Jennifer's body. We're not gonna make up reasons why it's deep. Oh damn! Um, <laughs> Fucking shots fired. Damn. I guess my man isn't a feminist over there. Damn. <laughs> Listen, that move. No, all right, we're not getting this. We're not doing it. This isn't the Jennifer's body podcast. No, because people make up reasons why it's deep. It's not. So, um... <laughs> well, I guess we're doing it anyway. <laughs> it's kind can we, of can we have a weirder break in between these issues, man? Me, me and you, I think, were some of the biggest Josh Whedon fans. Um, yeah, of course. Like, I, I was like in late middle school and high school when Buffy was a thing. Yeah, yeah. 
same <laughs> and like you know all his hit shows and comic book stuff and like i'm just reading stuff this week i'm like man he's a, a piece of shit human being yeah he is um and to keep on topic i was a fan of his x-men run oh 100 i i really enjoyed that first however many issues he did of astonishing x-men i really yeah it was it was very good i really liked it and when it first came out years ago that this was a thing i was like man that sucks he's a fucking asshole though and like so that it's back out and like people are kind of like acting like it's new again i'm like what I thought well, the we, stuff we didn't know, like we knew about Ray Fisher's complaints, but like now there's stuff with Gal Gadot that's like, holy shit. Oh, no, I like, don't know. I didn't hear the Gal Gadot stuff. Like a lot of the stuff, problems from the Justice League stuff is coming out now. Like Ben Affleck wanted to get the whole cast to walk off set. And they're kind of like, we're not all Ben Affleck. <laughs> like We can't all do that, basically. Yeah. But like he told Gal Gadot, like, I will end your career if we don't, if you don't do what I tell you to do. And like threatened to mess up wonder woman 1884 84 whatever like even though it was messed up but um threatened to screw up that movie intentionally to fuck up her career threatened to change her lines in justice league to make her look more dumb jesus like just a lot of weird stuff and then like apparently he has a whole casting couch history which is really fucked up oh god like the woman who played fred kind of admitted the reason her character got a boost is because she just slept with him it's fucked up man i mean it it shouldn't be surprising you know like it's it's a shame that it's a shame that it's some dude who like masked himself in like i'm a feminist and i'm providing like these incredible roles and characters for for female leads it's like it like of course he had to be a fucking predator too you know like just what what a fucking dick but anyway, that's my side tangent. It's just sad when people, writers you like or appreciate. No, I, I hear you, man. I'm totally come out looking like fucking assholes. No, it, it it sucks because, you know, like Buffy was something that is one of my favorite all time fucking shows. It's like, Same, like yeah. right up there with X-Files for me. And I don't I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. I have not tried to watch Buffy again since this happened. But like, I how can i be mad at the characters and the actors yeah no we should still be able to enjoy stuff you wrote like i can still watch avengers one it's still a good movie you know i think i'll have to because i'm doing my rewatch that's true like i think and you know we'll get to this when we get to our x-men movie reviews in episode 50 but like brian singer obviously so much baggage there but he made good movies you know usual suspects is a good movie valkyrie is a good movie x-men one and two are good movies i yeah i stopped myself from making a bad hat harry reference today just because of brian singer I'm like, ah, i don't want i want to <laughs> anyway that's our side tangent we'll probably get way more into that for our 50th episode about all the x-men related movies yeah uh, but next Could up be. we got <laughs> okay we're wait where are we going Next up, we got X Factor number eight. Have fun oh. editing this. <laughs> yeah, I see. This is going to be a weird episode. <laughs> a lot of weird jumps in this episode, um, <laughs> or none, and then it will just be a weird Regular because episodes. of that. Okay, so X Factor number eight by Leah Williams and uh, I forget his name, first name Baldion. Speaking of Whedon writing, David Baldion. Uh, speaking of Whedon writing. Okay, so 
when last we left our heroes and X Factor, they were all being murdered by the Morrigan. Um, and so this one starts, this book starts off like right before that happened, like right before the Morrigan just killed everybody. And it is a Hitchcock movie. Naturally, they're watching birds. And um, so it's uh, Aurora and Jean Paul on the couch. Uh, Aurora is soaking wet because the last we saw her, she was dry humping in a bathtub I, I i don't know so like wet humping but that doesn't sound right so i was confused when i opened the book i was like wait a minute what happened last issue again wasn't she dead and i was like it took me a second to like realize okay this is probably uh we're getting we're getting more backstory so we cut from that and we we go to we get into the horror story and it starts like every good horror story with the dog barking at the corner door and what is out there there's nothing out there but this dog happens to be amazing baby <laughs> and so and not a dog it's it, it's a war wolf and it could be anything uh so rachel gets up she doesn't sense anything so she thinks uh amazing baby's freaking the fuck out and just needs to go to the bathroom so she's on her way to take the the dog out when she runs into eye boy who's like just standing in the middle of the hallway confused and acting weird and it seems like amazing baby just run wants to be with iboy so he runs over there and rachel's like fine you take care of him and in that moment they like they both sense something that no one else can sense iboy sees things but he can't really make out what it is it's like on the periphery of all of his different levels of visions and it's freaking him the fuck out one of the other storylines we visit in here is um prodigy trying to figure out how he died and maybe if he died so he finds um he was last given oh what's his name speed is that his name is that just yeah, his name speed okay speed. Yeah, um yeah. you couldn't think of anything <laughs> call speed. so he's like hey you know what let's go with speed you could call me keanu if you want to um so he has a photograph that was taken on the night he was supposed to have been dead but he's not dead because he's making out with speed and so he's going through and it's one of my favorite moments of this book as as a as a librarian and as an information <laughs> nerd he's going through the metadata of of this of this image to find the clues that he must have left for himself and i really appreciated all the uh all the details and in respect paid to to metadata so nerd. what what's really happening in this book is the morgan has gotten into the boneyard which Still one of the best names, though, honestly, for somebody's <laughs> headquarters. Um, and she's starting to terrorize everybody the way she did Dakin when she tried to murder him before. This is where and, I started liking the book, by the way. And I, and when I get to the end of the, the plot summary, I'll, I'll, yes, my feeling is, is very, it's very mixed on this book. So then we get into the horror story. It's at that moment, Dakin senses iBoy's fear and he comes to him and he's like dude your fear is loud what the fuck is going on and iBoy just hugs him he's like something's here and i can't see it which must be terrifying for somebody who is used to seeing everything oh yeah for um, sure and so well it's kind of like when cypher couldn't understand his now wife yeah it's right weird and uncomfortable at first yeah but it's I a lot better when that when that moment of unfamiliarity comes in such a hot package yeah when, exactly. when it's scary like this is you know it's a little different uh cypher got the better end of this deal let's say 
Um, so that's when the Morrigan attacks and she like rips through the, the boneyard. And that's when we pick up where we left off in the last issue. And iBoy can see that everybody's dead. And so the Morgan, like the Morgan ends up killing Dakin because he, he sacrifices himself because prodigy has a breakthrough of like, Oh, I I think I figured out how to, how we can beat the Morgan. And so he sacrificed himself so that iBoy and prodigy can get out. And so then that's the, like we see uh, Dakin get decapitated and then we cut to the hatchery the next day everyone's being uh reborn and iboy and prodigy are super excited and prodigy just keeps going on and on about hey it's everything is in the report just read the report no one wants to read his report and he gets angry about it and it's at this moment that jean paul discovers oh there's zombies in the boneyard so everyone was murdered and got away and then the morgan just took over the boneyard i guess and she's haunting it like ghostbuster style now before you're going do you still get even for a second, get tricked when you see a mutant get killed. Because I'm reading, it's going, oh, shit, Dagon's dead. Like, oh, wait. Yeah, he's just going to come back. <laughs> um, It's starting to lose the novelty a little bit on me. It's starting okay. to be like, yeah, fair. The next scene is going to be them being reborn. And sure enough, it is. There's um, going to be a moment, though. And whenever this, however long this whole run lasts, there's going to be a moment where a bad guy just kills one of the five. Yeah. It has, it to, has to happen. Stakes have to come back into this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Continue. So the team reforms, presumably reads the report given to them by Prodigy, and they reconvene at the um, the boneyard. Jean Paul does a quick run around the building. He comes back and he's like, "Here's the plan. I don't understand the fucking plan at all. I don't know what the fuck they do. No, here. I don't understand." So Lorna goes high. Rachel goes low. Dakin attacks a zombie. Um, Rachel's doing something psychically. Polaris, I guess, is doing something magnetically. The Morgan gets distracted. Polaris and Rachel team up, and somehow the Morgan is subdued, and there's Siren at the end. So I've watched enough anime to realize, don't worry about it. It just worked. Sure. I I understand that that's what's happening here, but like... It was rushed. Yes. And like not explained. And my my critique of the story is this. And I think we mentioned it last time we covered X Factor 2. I think Leah Williams wants to write a story about a bunch of gay superheroes who are young and hot and live together. Yeah. Which is a cool story. I'm not saying anything about that. I think I would I would still subscribe to that. But at some point along the process marvel says hey we also need you to write a superhero action book yeah and so she's like ah fine and so the part that she cares the most about which is the interpersonal sexy relationships between everyone and their friendships that's the part that gets the most attention and the most detail and the most time in the book and then the part that seems mandated by the editors gets rushed and not explained and all of a sudden like oh we did some magic mutant power and the morgan went away and now here's siren and uh everyone's back to life and you don't need to know what's in that report or really even how prodigy figured this out or what it is it's fine and yeah it feels weird because like i both i I really enjoy this book 
And I also really don't like this book. But what I do like the most is at the end, we get a uh, email exchange from one Charles Xavier to one Jean-Paul Bobier. This was interesting. This was pretty good. So uh, Xavier notices that iBoy's abilities seem to be growing and, and he's able to like have these in crazy these crazy perceptions now and like seeing things that like are just should be impossible how does his powers even work and he asks um to please keep the council apprised of this young man's extraordinary sight development and so jean paul responds no signed north star yeah like and i i was like damn i love that I like that. I liked it, but also like, how's that work? You're still living on his fucking island. <laughs> like, no, he's not. He's living on Krakoa's island. That's Krakoa. That's true. That's Krakoa. But like, you're just gonna ignore the council. What are they gonna do about it? Like, fuck it. <laughs> Wait, what is he gonna do about it? He like, he can't make him spy on him. Like, you want to yeah. figure it out? You talk to him. So that Oops. honestly, that alone maybe give it four x's otherwise this was a three x book in my opinion yeah same three x's also is this a limited series or is it gonna keep going i don't know i think it's gonna keep going i think it's because like, it says to be concluded i think that particular arc storyline yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think this is just back to like people trapped in the mojo verse and stuff like that we got that still we also have the mystery of what happened to prodigy we yeah. also have prodigy doing experiments on what happens to mutants discarded carcasses yeah going on somewhere in the boneyard which i guess was the zombies that morrigan had but anyway x factor x i enjoy x factor and i love the art in x factor i really love the new character designs i love the colors in x factor um the story i wish it was I mean, I, I, I honestly, I wish it was just what, what she wanted to write then. Like, yeah. like I, I am fine with what she's, I, I'm, I like the story when she's telling about everybody's interpersonal relationships. I think she's good at it and it's funny. I wish there was a little bit more deviation between characters and how they speak. Yeah. But I think know. this issue is better at that aspect. I think so. Than too. Lacking in the other aspect of like, what do you want to be? Yeah. What does this book want to be? Because exactly. there's a lot of interesting concepts executed in two different ways. And it's, it's okay. She can get away with it too, because she has both Polaris and Rachel two two mutants who traditionally have powers that like no one really truly explains how they work. They just yeah. can do things that you need them to do in that moment. And, and continuing this trend of these books that we're like slightly disappointed by, this book also, I'm a little disappointed by Cable. Like, it's not a bad issue. It was Cable number nine. And I really feel like this was a kind of meandering issue. Like, it was still fun in the context of the grand story. But by itself, I was kind of like, nothing was really accomplished until the very end. I I, I think I, I agree with what you're saying. But I think it feels that way because what this issue did accomplish was i think again kind of rushed in a way yeah but if you kind of think about it like it it does have to do with what was said in the beginning which is kid cable's been down on his luck pretty much from the day he murdered himself 
True. Now, like, before we keep going, let me actually get into the issue. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Um, this book does start with my new favorite first lines in any book. Hey, that's a no-go zone. You're a no-go zone. Yes. Says Cable uh, in disguise in an AIM sub that's getting too close to uh, to Kokoa. Yep. Um, Always a master great. of a master of uh, being a spy there. Yeah. Um, now again, this whole issue for those of you who don't know is Cable trying to get information on Strife, but goes everywhere. He goes to Emma and and his dad. Then he says, "I need to do this by myself." Then he goes to Wolverine. Wolverine's like, "Can't help you." Also, no, you he doesn't. Huh? Well, he doesn't. He's like, can't help you in this situation. Oh, sorry, <laughs> he goes to Patches. He goes to Patch. I didn't see Wolverine anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's why his cover was blown. It wasn't because you're fucking Wolverine with your stupid hair. No, it's KK who fucked it up. <laughs> so he goes to Patches for. I think it's just listen it. Yeah, Pat is a Pat. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of Patches Malone, um, Batman's alter ego oh, when he goes shit, Underworld. Yeah. It's Patches yeah, yeah. Malone. No, it's just because he's just got the one patch. He's got the one patch, yeah. Um, so Wolverine basically says, like, I can help you when it comes to the fighting stuff. When you need help in the fighting stuff, that's when you call and kind of cash in a favor. Other than that, leave me alone. Then he goes to uh, the Boneyard for help from Rachel. No, I don't know what's going on with Strife. He goes, I did like this part when he goes to uh, uh, Ileana and tries to figure out maybe Strife is in the demon world. And then they go to the demon world. They ask a mutant that she's been torturing and you find out he's being tortured by just like them. What were they playing? Recorders? I would walk 500. <laughs> with recorders, yeah. With recorders. Like two of the worst things to put together. <laughs> yeah, that was that's really, really great. But um, we have to take a moment before you go any further. Um, Ileana describes her role in Limbo as thus. I'm like the landlord, the <laughs> cop, and the Beyonce of this place. Yeah, that, that's, that was great. Um, and then finally, he goes to uh, Wildside, because Wildside used to work for Strife. And Wildside just being a dick, basically, he could just answer him saying, like, I don't know where he is, but this is more fun. Get into a fight, stir him up this is more important than just telling him what he needs to know. At the end of this whole fight, um, Hope comes and stops him and says, listen, they kind of agree things were better with the other uh, Cable because she was raised by older Cable. Yeah, They don't have the same connection, this younger version. And this is my favorite aspect of the book because I loved so much of the story between Cable and Hope. If you ever read Messiah mm. Complex yeah. and Second Coming, there's mm-hmm. some really, really, really great stuff between them. And I, I just love that story so much. And since, basically since Avengers vs. X-Men, Hope went from being a main player to nothing. Like, she's just kind of been there. Now she's part of the five, but still nothing about her. There's a lot of great story potential with her that just kind of dropped a long time ago. Yeah. Where she literally disappeared for a while. Um, well, she's also she's one of those mutants that suffer be- from being so powerful that they have to make them just magically disappear every now and then. Otherwise, like you can't have s- much strife because they have powers that can just fix everything. Yeah. Uh, they then they both agree they need to bring back old Cable or find they not bring him back but find him. Yeah, because they both he's somewhere. He's, he's somewhere. He's jumping in time all the time. He, he's that was just one version of Cable they killed. It's fine. Yeah. 
And and the book ends with the rules about duplicates and the resurrection program with duplicates and why yeah. what they can and can't do, who doesn't count. And I do appreciate they say like this includes different time periods, clones, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, alternate dimension versions, time traveling doubles. Like I really like that. But it doesn't include like uh, Jamie Prime. Because yeah, you don't want to bring back every clone of his. That yeah, dies. exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> like you do have to cover your bases but the book kind of ends i was kind of like okay i guess that was important like i'm one yeah well because what are they gonna do if old man cable comes back that's kind of a duplicate um yeah. and then well it's not a problem if he's back if they take him from time and he's back it's the problem of when, when one dies who do you consider the original exactly yeah and then the other thing, though, that I took away from this, which has nothing to do with Cable, though, is so, like, yeah, I, I, I see where um, Honey Badger is coming from, because she, she's like a direct clone of Laura, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, because that would be, uh, yeah, direct, because, like, Laura's fine, because she's her own version, she's not a version of Wolverine, she's her own version she's wolverine dna but she's different enough exactly yeah yeah but honey badger is just a clone yeah so i you know that's what i took away from that too like yeah that's why she's running around that trying to get some fucking clarity here yeah because it's important like everyone's running around knowing they can't die and she's like i might Mm -hmm. now granted it's harder because she has healing factor just like laura but still so what i want to say though real quick about the cable book is so it sounds like your complaint is that like it just kind of comes out of nowhere that like they want to bring back well no not not that that they've been building to it's the fact that like the whole issue felt like i'm walking with him in a hallway like he's just going hey can you help me no can you help me no can you help me no hey you can vaguely help me the end yeah and and i think what that i i think they do it too fast like it, you know two or maybe there's one too many characters he goes to see which makes it seem like too much to me but I, I like what they're doing because they're setting up that like, yeah, he isn't, he is in over his head. Like he, he can't get help from anybody because he has no relationship with anybody. He also like doesn't know what he's doing. He's honestly just a kid and he's afraid, like they say in the beginning, he's afraid to even talk to his mom about it because he doesn't, he feels like a failure. Like this whole thing is him striking out and feeling more and more and more like a failure to the point where he almost killed tries to kill Wildside because he's so fucking frustrated yeah and then like that moment of seeing hope and just having that moment of like i'm a failure i need to bring back the other guy like there's like that like a a surrender in that that like i i wonder how that's going to play out in the end of this series you know what's well, the thing like it's just going to end with them saying hey you know what he deserves to be here and i don't I know. I don't want, like, I want Kid Cable to get a chance to grow up and be a different, less cynical, less worn out from the wars and the world version yeah. of Cable, you know? Like, I, I think that would be nice, but it's, it's a weird one. I don't know how they're going to handle it. How, you know, so, yeah. I, I Overall, I really liked it. I, again, I always loved the, the art in this book, too, so I gave it yeah, four X's. I gave it three and a half just because like and also every issue has been so good and yeah. like in one way or another writing wise story wise art wise been so good this one just team. felt kind of lacking yeah it's a great team on the book yeah so that is my review of cable number nine
Next up, we have Excalibur 19. We got Teeny Howard. And as always, um, what's his last name? Marcus Tao. Sorry, Mar Marcus Tao. So as you may recall, Nick, what's happening in this book is uh, Betsy Broddick, Captain Britain, went missing in uh, the X of Swords event, and they are still looking for her. They thought they found her last issue, but she was acting very differently. And it was it was Psylocke, it was Kawanin who was the one who was like, no, that's not Betsy Braddock. And she attacked her. And this, ep this episode, this issue picks up with that, with um, Betsy psychically retreating into basically the astral plane. So we open with one of the other multidimensional Betsy Broddicks having this epiphany of knowing where Betsy is now, where her true essence is. And so they take this information to the Citadel because they are but wardens of Saturnine. And Saturnine keeps refusing to meet with them. She's still that bitter about fucking Betsy that she's not even meeting with the other Betsy's. And at one point they're like, no, you know what? You have to meet with us. You know, that's just the rules. And when she won't like listen to them that they've harnessed the original energy of Betsy Braddock and they need to resurrect her, they decide, fuck it. Let's do it without her. We serve other world. We don't necessarily, like we, we, she doesn't own us just because we serve the kingdom doesn't mean she owns us. So they take this information and give it to the mutants. And Richter, in his newfound love of magic, is trying to do a spell to get the energy from Psylocke, from, not Psylocke, from Betsy Braddock that they found in the, the multiverse or, you know, the, where the Citadel is, and get it to go into the body that um, Jamie had cloned from Mr. Sinister. So they have a body. Wait a second. And just think about all the words you've just said. I know. It's insane. <laughs> it's an insane true. story. In fucking insane story. Um, so they're trying to basically get the consciousness back into this clone's body. But Betsy Braddock is playing hard to get. She won't come out of her psychic shell, if you will. And it's at this point that Kawanin is like, this isn't working. We have to do something drastic. And she basically breaks the containment thing that was holding betsy's psychic energy and it escapes and kawanin goes after it into the other world and she basically follows it down a well and it's here that she has basically an an astral plane fight with with betsy and she's telling her i know you better than anyone else whether you like that or not we know each other better than anyone else and you're not going to be able to get back to your body without me. Right now, you need me because I'm a safe space for you to go and you're freaking out. And as they're having this fight, it's she realizes that Betsy's Betsy doesn't want to come back because Betsy doesn't know that they won. She thought she thought because she had the Citadel sword and when she lost and was destroyed, she thought they all lost yeah. and that oh. she failed and that everything was destroyed because of her. And so Kuwanin says, no, we won and we need you. Like, you need to come back. Like, we need a Captain Britain. Like, you need to come back. 
And so she agrees to merge again. So like this time it's Betsy's once again in Kawanin's body, but Kawanin is basically ushering her back to her new body. And she does it. And when she comes back into her body, they're like, well, who was in her body a minute ago then? Like, how did this body was animated? What happened? And Betsy ends up coughing up this amulet, which I don't know if you remember the character Menace, I think her name was? Malice. Do you remember Malice? She was a member of the, she was a member of the original Marauders and her or maybe not the original Marauders, one of the versions of the Marauders, the bad versions. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So her power is basically is she can possess people. And when she does, though, they usually have to wear that amulet that was inside of Betsy's body. And so Malice escapes and runs through a gate and then is basically loose in Krakoa. And that's how it ends, that they now have to track an evil spirit who can possess any mutant in Krakoa but Betsy's back there's a theme in this batch yeah it's Excalibur it's all magic and weird shit and no no there's a theme like the batch like think about X-Force oh I see yeah and then this issue is a weird theme happening but all right (laughs) yeah there's definitely a theme of like identity too yeah well that's always been a theme lately yeah but overall I gave it I gave it four X's. I enjoyed it, and I I love the I love the art. I love the way I love Marcus Tao's art. All right, so that's our batch. So next time, I would have been yeah. look at that. Next time, I looked at the end of the X Men nineteen issue, and there was no chart. Here's what I can tell you about next time. Unless I missed when Way of X comes out, here's the ones we will be covering. We'll be covering Sword number four. Yes. X Men Legends number two. Excalibur 20, Marauders 19, and I believe Children of the Atom number two comes out this Wednesday. Okay. And maybe Way of X, you said? I'm not sure. So, yeah. so we'll see order we go next week, basically. Yeah. But yeah, definitely for sure. Sword for X Men Legends 2, Excalibur 20, Marauders 19. All right. Those are ones that have already come out that we haven't done yet. Sweet. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Josh, where can they find you? You can go on Twitter and you can type that little at symbol and then you can type in Xbrarian. It's library with an it's librarian with an X. <laughs> Did you mess it up there? I just messed oh, it up. Oh, you can find me at Madman3005, also on Twitter. And you can find me on YouTube at the Black Ranger Review. You can do that. Yeah, you can you do can those things. Also- Thank you guys for supporting us. You know, we're trying to expand a little more. If you have any ideas that you want to share with us about what we can do on the podcast to make you happier, keep it to yourself. We know what we're doing. Damn, heel turn right at the end. Right, right, like that. And, and this will be up. Nah, WrestleMania will probably be over by this time. Hope you all enjoyed WrestleMania if you watched it. Yeah, I got the pre-show playing right now. A lot of weird highlights of Shane making fun of Braun, calling him stupid. Uh, That's that, what a fucking awful storyline. That's the feud. That's just the whole... Every year, is this an excuse to put Shane McMahon in Mania? It's but weird. like what a what a shitty thing. They're like bullying him and like calling him stupid and stuff. Like what is that? Come on. And then man. like Braun looks more and more militant like every fucking week. Well, where he's like he's bald now and he's in a tight green shirt and like military gloves and pants. And I'm like, 
So are you just going to go to the Capitol now? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, he might, dude. He might. Nancy better watch your back. Yeah. Speaking of which, you got to be careful with your buddy Gates, man. He's not my buddy. He's getting in trouble. I mean, just because, just because he Venmos me every now and then doesn't mean he's my buddy. <laughs> I was going to do the opening. I forgot to. But <laughs> that, that motherfucker, dude. What a what? fucking creep. People like that are bad in real life. Who knew? Uh, so <laughs> on that note, guys. We will see you next time.